and gentlemen. And so it begins. Give the people what they want. The rise. All the way to the top. The fall. Heroes just got tombstone. The slam. It's me, Austin. This is FRS Slam. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. The most extensive, what? intensive, comprehensive, what? counteroffensive wrestling show on the planet. Woo! Now, finally, it's time. time. Here's Jamie Eisner. And I am the voice of the voiceless. And Chris Schubert. You come out here and you run your FRS Slam begins now. And welcome back to another edition of FRS Slam Radio. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner with you. It is a Friday. It is two days before the WWE Backlash pay-per-view, which means you will get WWE Backlash predictions at the end of this show. But I'm here to tell you it's a Friday. We got a lot of news to get to. And stop me if you've heard this before, Jamie, but I want to talk about the Greatest Royal Rumble for a second. Ah, if we must. I want to talk about it in a good light. I want to talk about it in, in light of some news that came down today that is encouraging. Saudi Arabia announced a new program that will allow women to participate at any sporting event in the country, potentially giving credence to the idea that we could get the women on the show that WWE does later this year and potentially down the road as part of their well, uh, the Quality of Life 2020 program. Now, they have their Vision 2030 program, but this new Quality of Life 2020 program, I, I went through it, I read the sports section, and it, it, this is encouraging, Jamie. I'm, I'm going to say something nice. This is, encour- this yes, is an encouraging it's, sign. Yes, it's the first really strong encouraging sign that we've seen since the end of the Greatest Royal Rumble. When we had a lot of bad news coming out of the Greatest oh, Royal Rumble. Oh, a lot Rumble, of it. A lot is, of bad PR for WWE. This is the first positive. Because now, WWE can do what they do best, and that's spin news. And they'll get, they'll say, hey, look. Look what we were a part of. We're making progress. We have, in, we have All us. inflicted change. Right? WWE, the, really, you know, the, the politics are so divisive nowadays. All we need is more wrestling. More of the professional wrestling. To unite the world. But in all seriousness, for all of the negative criticism that I've given WWE and I've given towards this idea as a whole, if these are the types of things they anticipated being able to come out of it with their discussions... Which they did. The problem was is they didn't present it properly. Because clearly they had to know that this was coming so or soon after some, the, there was indications. Like this goes back to the point I brought up earlier this week on the show and the point I brought up even last week on the show. They needed to be better prepared to respond to the criticism because, sure, they are going to be the beneficiaries of being around while the change is already happening. And, sure, they are helping on a microscopic level. They are not, not helping, but it's just it, – it's – WWE being there isn't going to affect the overall change of the company in the way uh, company, excuse me, the country in the way it's governed. But they are going to be the beneficiaries of change that's naturally happening, and they can be a very, 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 very small part of that change. The problem was is that's not how they presented themselves. They went on the defensive right away instead Correct. of saying, "Well, here's what we're trying to do," and that's what ticked people off. Right, and 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 then in the aftermath, you've heard of all of these stories that came out that didn't help their case, and they didn't say anything about them. Yes, and it's like you—if you knew something like this was coming, something in this vein, maybe not specifically this type of news, which I'm sure you did because you had intense negotiations with this country to do this. I'm sure they told you this is our 10-year plan. We want you to be a part of it because this is what we're going to do. Then wh- why not drop some breadcrumbs to us to say, "Hey, we get it. We look. We understand. We know what you're thinking, but it's not. Trust us. This is going to be beneficial to everybody." 
Everybody is going to be able to be involved by the time this 10-year deal is over, and we are going to help in inflict change. If you can give me just a little breadcrumbs along the process, yes. I wouldn't have gotten so angry about this. You, I understand you as a company, you can't articulate everything that you are going to do because you are trying to keep this facade up with the Saudi government that you're fully on board with what they believe in and all this other stuff. So you can't come out and publicly say the women are going to get paid for the, like if they were on the show because they would I, I understand there are certain things that they are going, they are doing behind the scenes but that they cannot be public about because it would hurt their business. Give feelings. me the breadcrumbs. But the problem was, again, it's have a better response ready. And I'm very surprised that they didn't have a better response ready. They didn't have something to counteract the initial uh, people being upset. They didn't have anything to counteract the Saudi Sports Council. Is that what it was? Athletic Council? It, Am I going to get it right? No. Saudi General Sports Authority. The GSA. The General right, my, Sports My goal Authority. is at some point in the next two weeks to get that right. If we can So whatever that is. Um, they didn't have a response when that came out that was proper. Um, I, I think... Quite frankly, the the biggest thing coming out of it is maybe not even the stuff that's going on with women being allowed to wrestle or not wrestle, or women being shown or not shown in advertisement, but it was the, the Iran versus Saudi Arabia segment, mm -hmm. which I think was probably completely avoidable. Let's be honest. I don't think that was a selling point of the show. No, I think you didn't that have was, to do I, that. I think that was a pot sweetener. And, they, and, and in retrospect, I understand it. I don't have as huge of a problem with it as other people do. But in retrospect, they didn't need more negative publicity around the event, and they probably should have just kind of hit that one in their back pocket. Right. And, and like I said, I have been critical, and we've come on this show and talked about it every day. This is a good step. This is something that was that I think is good. And I was reading through it, Jimmy, and, and you and I were talking about it this morning when I read through this 256-page document. Did not read all 256 pages. Of course not. Jump to the sports section. I'm just section. happy you're literate. Yeah, I jumped, I jumped down to the sports section to read up on, on this because I wanted to talk about this thing in, in particular. And something that was in there... That I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it, Jamie, and I had to, I had to say it to you because I needed help. Their, part of their plan is to build restrooms that women can use at these sports facilities because women and children are not normally allowed to go and see sporting events, and I couldn't, I could not wrap my mind around that. Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes we forget and we take certain things for granted that there's a large portion of the world that is living in an era that we would consider equivalent to the 17 or 1800s in terms of what their laws are, uh, sometimes in terms of what their infrastructure is. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that. And we, we look at everything through the lens of our lives or lives of, of cultures that are similar to ours. Mm -hmm. That is one of those things that it, it's interesting because you think about how much of a change this is for that part of the world and that country in particular. And you don't even think about those, those things that seem so insignificant to us. Like, yeah, of course, you go to a sporting event, there, there are men's bathrooms, there are women's bathrooms, there are, there are, there are concession stands, there's, there's, the seating is open, and, or you have ticketed seating, but it's open in terms of you can buy whatever tickets are available to have open for you. Uh, and all of those things are extreme luxuries or years down the road for a place like Saudi Arabia. Yes, and, and, I, and I, I've seen a lot of people... By, by the way, by uh, the choice of those in charge. Correct. Not all, and mostly not by the choice of the citizens, necessarily, at least the current citizens. And I see a lot of people kind of saying, hey, this would have been really nice if you would have rolled this out before you did the Greatest Royal Rumble event. You know, some good PR that WWE could you know, have been in front of. 
But again, WWE does not control. No, no, no. The I what. did. They did. I don't think this person meant from the WWE perspective. They meant from the Saudi oh, Arabia perspective. Oh, the government doesn't care. I, again, we we're only paying attention because WWE did a show there. The government is going to operate under their timeline. Period. Again, let me. Regardless of whether WWE is performing right. an event or not. Jimmy, let me ask you a question. Before the WWE went to Saudi Arabia for this big greatest Royal Rumble show and signed up for a 10 year deal, did you know anything about the Vision 2030 plan? I'll be honest with you, I did not. You don't hear about it on CNN. And, and again, or I am somebody that is interested in in the in the political climates of our country and others. Correct. But no, it is not something that was on my radar. It wasn't for me. And you and I talk about politics a lot in the office. We did it before we got on the show. Correct. So you and I are. We won't bore you with the details yeah. of the latest thing that Chris and I are talking about. But still, it was but, actually very peaceful for anyone who's interested. Jamie and I actually have. Oh well, yeah, because because Chris and I have uh, we have productive conversation correct. about. Big time topics without screaming at each other, which apparently is a revolutionary concept well, when it comes to talking about like politics and anymore. But again, we'll get past this. But, but again, stop listening. But again, we'll, the we'll be at wrestling soon. The point where we're trying to make is we didn't even know about this before WWE went there, and, and then we heard about it, and it basically became a propaganda. Now I still stand by my statement that the Greatest Royal Rumble was a propaganda stunt. I will of not. I will not move off of that. Latch. Oh no! Of course it was. But if there is positive change that can come from this, like we've said from the get-go, then, I, then I'm all for it. But it's the way it was presented, it was the way it was handled, and now it's the aftermath of hearing these stories about what WWE did in order to make this show possible that rubbed me the wrong way. Yes, there, there, were, a lot of, there were a lot of elements of their integrity they sacrificed to put this show on. However, I do understand the business elements of it, and if there is a make-hole with the women on the roster, which we have multiple reports that there is... I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them saying, look, we're, we're going to we, – we're doing this because we think we're going to make a ton of money, which, by the way, is good for the wrestlers if they're making money too. It's good for jobs uh, because they're they, – we've seen them go into very, very much of a cutback mode recently. Mm -hmm. I, I, I shouldn't say recently. It's been almost a year now. But with Pyro and all the other stuff, which apparently Road Dog was talking about Pyro on Twitter again and I don't uh, – whatever. As long as they made it up to the women on that roster financially – then I am I can un, I, I'm as okay as I'm going to be with it. I'm not fully okay with it. I still feel like it's very hypocritical, but mm -hmm. I understand the decision. And I also understand in the context of a lot of things, this is WWE. Yes. This is not it, it, we have to keep this in perspective. Yes. So I, I'm encouraged with the news that came out today. I, I thought for a, an event that had a lot of bad news and bad publicity around it, this was a piece of good news that at least gives me comfort in saying maybe that maybe things can change. Maybe maybe we will get to a point where women are wrestling over in Saudi Arabia. That would be a good thing. I hope so. Yes. Uh, I hope so. It, it seems like it, the, that's the momentum. It seems the the prince of Saudi Arabia seems to be the one spearheading the charge to modernize and, in for lack of a better term, westernize Saudi Arabia in the near future. Now let's talk about New Japan going uh, to another foreign country to ours here in the United States. That's the segue that I've got for you, Jimmy. Okay, it's a Friday. Sure. If that's the segue you if you want it, then that's for you. Uh, New Japan. Wrestling uh, Don Taku show in Fukuoku. And uh, Jamie. Chris. A masked man emerged from the audience and attacked Tetsuya Naito. That masked Rey man Mysterio. was Chris Jericho. Oh. Chris Jericho attacked the IWGP Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito. How dare he? He told us he was done with New Japan Pro Wrestling. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a liar. By the way, he was very close to pulling this off because we had only heard the rumors about him being in, in going to New Japan about two days ago. He was about a couple. He was about two days 
away from pulling this off. We were just starting to think he was actually done with New Japan and that we thought it was going to be over, and then he, he could have pulled this off. So he was very close. He did a very good job with this because he threw us all off. And then the other thing that happened, Jamie, Kazuchika Okada defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event and then cut a promo afterwards and called out Kenny Omega. So, yeah, we talked a lot about whether or not this was going to be the feud that they lead to for Dominion and whether or not it was too quick. But They are going to do a match that Okada, Okada suggests that their rematch be without the 60-minute time limit. Omega says, I got one better for you. How about two out of three falls? Okada says, both of those sound like fun. Two out of three falls. No time limit. No time limit. This match is going to go an hour and a half easy. The first fall should take an hour. These guys are going to go for over over an hour and a half. If they sell this message right, which again I have no reason to believe they will not, because good. they are good is not even a good enough word. They are sensational. They will have to tell the story of that first fall has got to be so difficult for somebody to achieve. It's it's just it's really got to be it. It can't be the WWE style. Let's get the first fall out of the way as quick as possible because really only anybody cares about the third fall. Cannot do that. And I don't, by the way, I do not think they will do that. No, and uh, we are about a month out from that being the case. This show is going to be Dominion, Osaka Joe, Hall in Osaka, uh, June 9th. And, Jamie, I'm already submitting my request to have the, that day off so I can watch it live. All right? Just keep that in the back of your mind when you're doing the schedule about a month from now. Okay? All right, sounds good. Good talk. Uh, this is going to be a good one. And right now, as I sit here, I think Okada wins. What if neither of them win? That's not how that works. What if the third fall is a double pin? Wow. If you want to extend this further, why don't you have one and one, and then you have a double pin? And even know, after they don't everything... Do that. New Japan doesn't do that. They don't, but what, what stops them from doing that? They're not going to do a double count out or anything stupid like that, or a double DQ. But what if... They did a double pin fall. What if they do a double pin fall as the third fall in that match? I don't think they will. I think there's a less than 1% chance that they will. But I wonder, again, if they're, if they're thinking maybe we're going to extend this feud a little bit longer, which, by the way, you could even if you have a clean finish. You, you don't have to do this. But I think it would be incredibly fascinating to have a clear winner of fall one, a clear winner of fall two, and a double pin for fall three, where after all of this, there's still no closure. They're one, one, and one against each other. They, they each have a victory. They each have a loss. And then there's the draw. In between. And they think they've come up with a foolproof plan to determine who is the true champion, who is the true star of New Japan. And yet again, it's one, one, and one. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are, are talking about Omega winning the belt and, and doing Omega Ibushi in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13 for the IWGP Championship. Look, I don't mean to burst everybody's bubble here, but that's not going to happen. As long as Kazuchika Okada wrestles for, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, he's going to be in the main event. He's the ace. That is going to be his spot. So I think you could very easily see Kenny Omega versus uh, Kota Ibushi as a, as a quote-unquote co-main event or a match just below it. But I really don't think you are gonna, you're going to see them sacrifice Okada being in the main event, being in the spotlight. That's not the way they do things. I'm, I'm excited because I think we are gonna, this is going to be – this is it, Jamie. This is the resolution. This is Okada Omega 4. This is the final act of this of this feud. Yes. For a very long time. Because I think they're going to have finality here. And I think it's going to be Okada going over Omega. And before everyone starts complaining, remember this product is not for you. Just remember that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good reminder. Remember that. You have to remember who the... Like, we talked about this a lot when it came to Jericho 
and Omega. We also talked about this a lot when it came to Omega Okada prior to this moment where there's a baby face and a heel in this match, and it's different depending on where in the world you live. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is going to be perfect, and they're going to do a very nice job with this. This match is going to go 90 minutes. These guys are going to give it their all. I think you can... I, I've, I very rarely go into a match thinking it's going to be a match of the year candidate. I normally come out of a match thinking that. I'm, I'm there. I'm, uh, I'm fascinated by it. And, I, and by the way, I'm all, way back when in January, I wrote a column for FRSLAM.com that said Wrestle Kingdom's going to be the best show of the year and we're only four days into the year. I think I'm going to retract that column because it's going to be Dominion. You're going to have Okada Omega two out of three falls for the IWGP Championship in the main event. You're going to have Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho in your co-main for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. You're going to have a match in which Will Ospreay is going to probably defend the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against somebody, whether it's Marty, whether it's uh, Takahashi, whether it's somebody. Or a combination. Oh, yeah, or a multi-person match. You're going to have, I mean, this this card is going to have four top main events. I don't necessarily know what the fourth one will be yet. They have a lot of time to get there. They have over a month, and we have the best of the Super Juniors coming around the corner, which can kind of clear that up for us. But this is going to be a really good card, and I'm very excited for it. All right, I got one more piece of news we got to talk about, Jimmy. Okay. The Hulkster. Oh, boy. There's a report out. You sent to me this morning. It's a Yahoo Sports report. Who? Oh, Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. So legit. So it says... That the Hulkster is in talks to be returning to the WWE. I am not a fan of this. Just when WWE needs a little bit of good PR, they're, they're going to turn around and do something, possibly something like this. This is not good PR. I, I don't know if, WWE, if there's ever going to be a good time for the WWE Hulk Hogan reunion. Uh, I think there's... I think they're in a scenario with the, the, the transgressions that have caused Hulk Hogan's departure from WWE are not things that are going to age well. They're not things that, given another six months, given another year, given another three years, they're not going to change. The criticism is going to be, at this point, we have reached the point, it's far enough away from the event, where the criticism is going to be the same, whether it's done now or it's done five years from now. Correct. So I guess if they're okay with answering those questions, hopefully they answer those questions a lot better than they did with the Greatest Royal Rumble and in, in terms of the women's involvement in that event, or lack of involvement, I should say. They better be prepared to answer these questions uh, because I think there are... This isn't going to host an event in Saudi Arabia. This is arguably the most marketable wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the personification of sports entertainment that Vince likes to, to preach. This is Hulk Hogan. Everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is. You have maybe have never watched a wrestling event in your life, maybe never planned to watch a wrestling event in your life, but you know who Hulk Hogan is. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be able to hide from the criticism. They're not going to be able to hope that people don't know what Hulk Hogan has been up to over the last several years. Uh, there's no way they can maneuver this minefield except to literally just walk through it and then hope they get on the other side and they can move on. Because this is going to be a minefield for them. Quite frankly, it should be a minefield for them. Uh, I, there's there, there's only so much you can say here. Like, again, I just... The reality is, is there, there are going to be... He can't take back the things that he said. Um, I am sure... Again, I am... I mean, full disclosure here, I'm a white man. I, I don't... I cannot fully... I can understand, but I cannot fully grasp 
how hurtful those words would be to me if I was not a white man. I just, I, I, I can't fully grasp that, but I know those words are incredibly hurtful. They're incredibly degrading. And in the context in which he said them, they were meant to be hurtful and degrading. And I think that's important too. Right. The context of, uh, and, and it's not only using the words that he used. That's a, that is a bad thing in and of itself. Yes. But it's the context in which he used them that takes this to a Correct. whole nother level. There's, and again, there is room for nuance here, but the problem is, is there's not as much. You, you know, if, if Hulk Hogan was caught on tape singing word for word the lyrics to a rap song, I think the reaction to him using that word would have been different. The, the level of... Oh, clearly, because the intent and the context is different. The, the, in the context in which he used that, would he use the N-word multiple times, was with the intent of anger, mm-hmm. was with the intent of degrading and devaluing a person his daughter was dating or potentially dating. So there's really not a lot of room for error. He can apologize, and he has apologized. And, and for some, that will be enough. Uh, but for a lot of people, it will not be. And it's just a question that WWE has to be willing to answer when they put somebody of that stature that had the fall that he's had on TV again. And that's and that's the decision that WWE is going to have to make, and they're going to have to figure out what the right course of action is here. I don't think he should ever return to WWE. I just one, I don't think there's a place for him, and two, I don't think it's it's right to to give him. He, he's had plenty of second chances with other stuff. I don't necessarily think he deserves another one. Look, how many times has he left and come back? To WWE, right? He left and ran Impact for a while and was doing things there, and he was. Yeah, welcome- he goes back to, to to leaving and going WCW, even. right? I mean, he, and he was welcome back to the open arms multiple times. So I, I don't necessarily think that there is a need to give him a second chance. His second chance doesn't have to come in the form of WWE paycheck. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality is, is and and we talked about this a while ago when this started to first pop up several months ago. WWE is bringing him back. If they are bringing him back, they're bringing likely bringing him back for a role. Uh, that could be best described as ambassador. So at that point, again, this creates another issue. You're creating a scenario in which you want Hulk Hogan on your payroll because he is a person that represents your company, and particularly in a, in a, in a public relations on some level role. Right. Yeah, so then again, that creates another controversy here where it's, you know, uh, you're bringing him back because he represents the company, but he went away because he did some things that were, again, you can't take back. Is that what you want representing your company? And every time, and this would be, if, if it doesn't get up broader every time, I think it's a, a poor job on the media members. It'll be at every event, every radio appearance, every TV appearance that, that Hulk Hogan does. But that question is going to be posed to him, and it should be posed to him. You now represent this company. Why? After what you did, why? The only way that you could make that work is if you were using him as a tool to help promote... Uh, it's not helping promote diversity. It's actually it, it's helping eliminate that word from the vocabulary. If you are using Hulk Hogan in a way, say he is going to tell his story about how he is he used those words, actually learned about what they meant and what it meant to other people, not just him, not the selfish reasons why he used it, but what, what the effect that had on other people, and is going on a tour to share that story and to explain about to explain the ramifications of, of saying such a word, of what the word means, the history of it, and why it shouldn't be used anymore, 
yes, you can make that justification. You can, you can do the similar, you know, we've seen this happen before of, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I had people come into school uh, when I was in junior high and high school that were in jail for doing drugs, let's say. Mm -hmm. And they would come in and explain about how, you know, it might seem like you're just, you're just messing around, it might just be fun and games, but this is the path that could happen in your life. And you need to be aware of this is the chances you're taking. Uh, if To use a sports example, there was a lot of time where uh, Michael Vick, who went around and did tours for animal rights and animal advocacy groups because it, and he, he ran a dog fighting ring. So there are scenarios in which you could use Hulk Hogan in a positive sense in that role. But not WWE. But that's not what they're using him for. Right, that's not what w WWE is They will use it to promote their own wrestling product, which then again comes back to then you're just using him as a figurehead for your company, and is this the person's values that you want as your figurehead of the company? Right. That's the difference. That's the problem that they're going to have to confront. And, and to me, I, I think it's... It, it's not way. There's no. I don't think there's an added benefit to it. I, I don't think there's enough of a reward there to take on all of the potential questions, all of the potential PR nightmares that come with it. All right, Jamie, let's wrap up the show by discussing backlash and offering our predictions. How does that sound to you? Let's do it. On the pre-show, just got added today: Bailey against Ruby Riot in a singles match. Okay, does there's, nothing. there's Jamie's take on uh, the matter. Does nothing for me. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know why. I, it just are we getting a Bailey Sasha match? Okay, I saw something. I saw something the Ever? other day. I, sorry, I had to pick up the phone to see if Vince was calling. Uh, I the phone's not even plugged in. Right. It, well, because it was beeping, so I wanted to check. I saw a tweet the other day. I think it was by Pro Wrestling Mag. Okay. That said WWE is about to pull the trigger on Bailey versus Sasha, and no one's going to care. Yeah, then no one's going to care. I don't care. And I, I, I said this on the show to you yesterday. I can't believe if you would have told me three or four years ago that a Bailey-Sasha Banks rivalry would suck the life out of both of their on-air characters, I would not have believed it was possible. And yet, here we are. By the way, there's no babyface in that feud. Neither one of the women in that feud are likable based no, on the character no. progression of the storyline. No. They're, well, none of them are likable. That's because WWE doesn't know how to make a babyface. Bailey, Bailey is being childish. And Sasha Banks is being hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And it's not compelling television. You, you, know, you know what's bad television? Heel versus heel when nobody likes anybody involved. Oh, okay. You can get away with babyface versus babyface. Heel versus heel when nobody, when nobody cares. It's not good. It's a problem. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley teaming up to take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Basically a way to get all four of these guys onto the card. Uh, I got Strowman and Lashley. Bobby Lashley not released. I don't know where that... All, all this morning I heard was a rumor of Bobby Lashley being released. And then Mike Johnson, about an hour ago, just literally tweeted, Lashley not released. That was it. That was the whole tweet. Yeah, short, sweet, to the point. I was just like, what, ha what happened today? I don't today? know. That was what, weird. What was happening? Um, let's be realistic. <laughs> There's not a chance that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win this match. No, Strowman and Lashley win. Potentially Lashley turns on Strowman after the match. Yes. Now, Lashley could t turn on Strowman in the match, I guess. But I, I don't think that's likely. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. We disagree on this one. We do. Big got, Cass is winning this match. No, Daniel Bryan is winning this Big match. Big Cass. His first singles match at a pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Big Cass is winning this match. They're going to try to get some some more heat on Big Cass. Great. That's just what we need. Chicanery, skullduggery, malfeasance. Got any all, other? All, all's going to happen. Any other big words you want to use? No, I'm good. Okay. R Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. I think this is, I mean. Uh, LOL. We, yeah. Roman wins. Roman is winning. Yes. Guy just lost two straight matches to Brock Lesnar. We have to. Should be Joe. Joe could use the momentum, but whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like just, they're just I, I I understand. I get it. Roman, LOL, Roman wins. I got it. Carmella versus Charlotte Flair in a singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. I think they keep the belt on Carmella a little longer. Yeah, I disagree. I think Charlotte Flair is going to win this one. I think the entire story of this feud has been Carmella got a fluky victory by cashing in Money in the Bank, and when she has to go one-on-one in an actual match with a well-rested, a prepared Charlotte Flair, she's going to be outclassed in this one. I have Carmella winning. The other thing, and you could very well be right. I just my concern is, is I and I said this on our radio show Wednesday. I think the, cheap plug. The next time, Car, uh, once Charlotte wins the belt, the next person to take the belt off her is Ronda Rousey. Yeah. So my concern is this might be giving Charlotte the belt a little too early because that, there's a long way between now and WrestleMania. So I also could see this match ending in a no contest with like the Iconics ruining it. I could see that happening. That, or, or like... Carmella retains, I should say. Carmella will retain her title. Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss for the a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I just want to see the bully Nia Jax get, get, get what's coming to her. Yeah, Nia is going to win this match, but boy, uh, Alexa Bliss has really carried this feud. There's some very good heel work from Alexa Bliss. The Moment of Bliss segments have been very good television, but yes, Nia Jax is going to win this feud, and Alexa Bliss can move on to whatever is next for her. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton in a singles match for the WWE United States Championship. Yeah, Hardy's winning this match. Yeah, I think Hardy's going to win this one as well. They're just looking for something for Randy Orton to do. Uh, like yes, always. They, they, they basically just need to give him something to do because there's really nothing else, specifically on the SmackDown roster with the talent that they've brought into the main event and Daniel Bryan coming back. Not a whole lot of options here for them. Seth Rollins versus The Miz in a singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. I think this is clear that Seth Rollins is going to win because The Miz is going to take two titles to SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, think the, uh, I think the Raw person that wrestles on Raw is going to win the Raw yeah. Intercontinental title. Yeah, I feel like they didn't book this very well. Seth Rollins is going to win, and Monday Night Rollins is going to be able to continue. And then, what I believe to be the main event, it better not be the main event. They better they better not put Roman versus Joe in this spot. I, uh, I would be shocked. AJ Styles versus shocked. Shinsuke Nakamura in a no-disqualification match for the WWE Championship. This is Shinsuke Nakamura's opportunity. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. As do I. I think he should win. Um, I, I, I do... Potentially fear a the the uh, steel cup spot that we've all kind of been waiting for uh, in this match, but we we need uh, you now you you put up a theory and I have the opposite theory but it's the same concept about the club's involvement in this match. Yeah, I tend to think that the club might help AJ Styles, and I think the club might help Shinsuke. And I know what I and I know I just picked Shinsuke Nakamura, and the reason why I haven't I did not express that theory until this point was because Jamie has convinced me that the club helping Nakamura is a very good idea. I love the idea of the club helping Nakamura because, and here's why: we need to move beyond shortly here post backlash the, the, the basically the, the Nutcracker Nakamura gimmick. All right, we need we need to move past the low blows. They're perfectly fine. It's been a great storytelling technique. I've I've enjoyed it so far. But we are, we are reaching, I can see the finish line. We have reached the point where after Backlash, it's going to go from a creative storytelling tool to a lazy, boring storytelling tool. So we need more evolution out of Shinsuke Nakamura's heel character. Oh, so we're going to create a new evolution with Shinsuke Nakamura, so the new group. Can he needs to be... The Line in the Sand song back? No. Oh, I love that song. I, I think the evolution, evolution. of his... Of his... <laughs> Of his character, Continue. of his character, of his heel character, would be greatly advanced by being the kingpin of the club, and you can call him whatever you want. I don't care. But you can you you can establish a ready-made connection between where the club used to work and where Shinsuke Nakamura used to work. Where where was that, Jamie? Uh, in Japan. Oh, they worked over in Japan. In together. Japan. Is there a promotion over there? No, no, no. no it's in Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, they wrestled all over the world, Chris. 
That's that is the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but it, where you have basically he uses them as the you have to go through Gallows and Anderson to get to me for everything in his feud. He, so I, I, lo- I love that concept of it. I think it would be very interesting. I think Gallows and Anderson are better as heels. Oh, so for all of those reasons, they're not going to do so that. So they will not do it. So we're going to do the cup and everybody spot. thinks if the club's going to get involved, it's to help AJ Styles. And I think I love the idea of them saying, no, we're going we're gonna to go after the guy that was better than you in Japan, Shinsuke Nakamura. Wow. Well, that would be cool. And you know what? I think the, 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 the thing that makes me like that idea even more so, is because it would be so sudden, it would be out of nowhere. There's no hints on TV to no. it. There's nothing. It would be it would be such a swerve, and it would, it would be, be a good swerve. It would be a good swerve. Again, like I, I, I thought about this too when I watched Giles and come out. Like they already have the Japanese characters on their pants. I was like, th- th- I mean, they've never been afraid to mention their run in Japan. They definitely. I don't see how they fit into SmackDown's tag team picture right now because SmackDown's tag team picture is loaded. So I'm going. You know what? What's better? Invo- get them involved here. Plus. You can have good quality matches with like AJ Styles versus Carl Anderson. That is a good match. Mm-hmm. People may not think of it that way, but that's a strong match. Right, and I think it would. Uh, I think it would really help all of the parties involved for this feud. All right, so we both have Nakamura. I don't think it's going to go down the way we think it's going to go down, but I do ultimately think that Nakamura is going to roll out of here with the belt. Anything else, Jamie? That is all. Okay, so on that We note, need more space between these pay-per-views and stuff. Like, the, the, for Mania, the greatest Royal Rumble, the Backlash, it's all a blur. We yeah. need to skip by, get by Backlash and let's move on with the world. On that note, you can follow the show on Twitter at FRS... FRS underscore. Underscore. Get the branding Sam. right, Christopher. You, you, we've been, we did the show for like six months with, with the old hashtag. It's going to take me a little while to get the new at, one. At handle. At... Not hashtag. Or, sorry. At FRS Jeez. underscore Jeez. slam. Okay, on Twitter. I don't know how to use Twitter, right? Twitter is destroying me today for my Matt Harvey take that's now being exposed. Yeah, happy Matt Harvey DFA day. On on Twitter. Uh, FRSlam.com for all your pro wrestling content needs. You can find the show on Anchor, FRSlam Radio. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, FRSlam Radio, Pocket Casts, and Overcast for you Android listeners. FRSlam Radio there as well. And the show, as always, gets tweeted out on the Twitter account and gets posted on the website, so you can find it there as well. That is going to do it for us here today, guys. Everybody enjoy Backlash. We will be back on Monday to recap the show and get you ready for Monday Night Raw. We'll talk to you then.